You're entering the content studio. Sometimes it's messy, sometimes it's a masterpiece, but the process always makes us better. We'll talk about how you can reach your audience with the right content at the right time and grow your brand through content marketing. Welcome, and thanks for joining us on this episode of The Content Studio, brought to you by GLC. I'm your host, Michelle Jackson. Today, I'm joined by Janet Celosia. Hi, everyone. And Kara Finnegan. Hi there. Kara and Janet are both senior editors at GLC. And hey, guys, I really appreciate you joining me today. I think that probably all three of us have found ourselves in similar positions one time or another in this sort of content rut where we're busy churning out content for a lot of different channels, maybe a print magazine, a website, an e-newsletter. And we get so busy that we forget to sort of look up every now and then. And I think as content creators and content marketers, we're all challenged with taking a step back and figuring out, do our topics, do our formats our channels, are they the ones that our audience are really asking for? Are we giving them what they want? For sure, Michelle. Knowing what your audience wants is definitely an art and a science. So we can start with the science first, and then we'll get to the art and creativity part of it a little bit later. From a technical standpoint, let's emphasize testing, testing, testing. It is so very important. For example, running a simple A-B test on two similar pieces of content and changing just one small element, such as a CTA or thinking of a different color headline, can reveal a lot about what your audience is interested in seeing and what they're willing to do to engage with what you have to offer. Janet, I know you've done a lot of account-based marketing campaigns for your clients. Do you have um, some helpful examples of how, you know, sort of a simple A-B test revealed something that, that made the campaign that much more successful? Absolutely. One recent example from an association that we worked with involves testing an ad on LinkedIn. So we had the same ad with the same messaging and headline, but we used two different calls to action. In the first example, we used a click here button to send users to a landing page. And in the second example, we used LinkedIn's native contact form. Uh, you know, the little form that you see on the side, it pops up every once in a while and asks for your contact information. We used that. And to our surprise, people clicked more on the native form within LinkedIn and didn't actually prefer to go to the third party site, even though we had spent a lot of time investing in the creation of that special landing page. People were interested in just saving time and using what was available in front of them on the LinkedIn platform. Yeah, you know, I think um, digital content and digital platforms provide so much opportunity for testing in terms of figuring out, is this what my audience wants? Um, I think in terms of like content on websites, website okay. metrics like top viewed content, top shared content, top converting content, um, you know, assessing by those metrics, assessing which are the most popular topics which are the most popular content types um, are a really helpful way to, to get to what your audience wants. But I think there are opportunities for doing this for print as well. For one of my healthcare clients, we use dedicated shortened URLs throughout the magazine in each content piece. So we're able to see which pieces from print are driving the most content online to some pretty important pages, you know, service line pages, find a doctor pages. So we're able to glean from that. Though it's a print medium, we're able to glean which are the topics that our audiences are really resonating with and which ones are the top conversion content. You know, we've talked about digital, we've talked about 
how we can work this into print. I think social media is another area that provides a lot of opportunity for understanding what your audience wants and what's resonating with them. Kara, what's been your experience there? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely right. We all know that social media is a really powerful way for brands to connect with their audience. It also provides a lot of insight into how the audience is reacting to what you're putting out there. So as you mentioned, Michelle, looking at top performing posts, you know, like you would look at top performing pages of a website, looking at those metrics on a regular basis to see which posts are getting the most engagement, and then also looking at what types of engagement the content is getting. So whether someone is more apt to like something or share it is a, you know, a spectrum that you need to pay attention to what commenters are saying. So if they're commenting on your posts, what are they saying and how inclined are they to do so? So that can really tell you a lot about how engaging your content is, but it is important to keep in mind, I think, especially with social media, first of all, which channels you're looking at and to recognize that each channel might have a different audience. It might have a different way of presenting that same content. So you have to pay attention to that. And it also could be a small fraction, depending on your reach of your audience. You know, you have to kind of know how much of your audience is seeing this on social media before you make really substantial content decisions based on those metrics. But I think it's a really important insight to glean from a certain population of your audience. And also, you know, those comments on the site itself. So if you have articles on your web page, make sure that those content, those comments on those articles are being moderated so you can see what the reaction is to that content. When it comes to getting the right content to your audience, it's not just about making sure you have the content they want, but making sure they can find it. That opens up a whole, obviously, discussion about SEO optimization, but it's also an important point when it comes to social media. You want to get what they want in front of readers at the channel that they're looking for it. In such a competitive um, landscape that social media is, it's really important to, to pay attention to those efforts and kind of get as much data as you possibly can from that. Yeah, absolutely. In addition to social, one topic we haven't touched on is search. Search tools allow you so many opportunities for understanding what your audience is looking for. You know, that's the whole point of any search engine to find what you're looking for, right? Janet, what have you seen there with your clients in terms of abilities to leverage search engines and search engine data for um, understanding what their audience is looking for in terms of content? Search is a great tool for researching story ideas and story topics in terms of what your audience may be interested in. And it's also a great way of looking at what the competition is doing and what the top performing content providers out there are already doing. So one of the things that I like to do when I'm in a storyboarding or story planning mode is to type in the topic into a Google search bar and scroll all the way down to the very bottom. There you'll find a list of what people are searching for, other topics, related topics people are searching for, and this definitely helps you broaden your perspective in terms of not only topics, but how you might want to be positioning your headlines or decks or what kind of keywords you might be thinking about in terms of copywriting. So this is less about what the audience wants than it is how to target your content specifically so that your audience can then in turn find it. It creates an interesting circle that way. Search related searches, what others are searching for. These are all great places to start 
when you're thinking about what content to create and how to best position it to get the most out of your time and resources. And I think it's also to build on that, to, to think about the search on your own internal site, which you should have. What are your readers, once they get to your site, what are they looking for there? And that can really tell you a lot because they're already engaged with your brand they're already immersed in that activity of, you know, looking for targeted content. But when they're searching your search bar, it can not only tell you what types of content they're looking for, but it can also tell you some insights about your user interface and your navigation. And, you know, if you have a, if you have a really important page that you think is easy to find and people are searching for it in the, you know, internal search bar, then maybe you need to think about your user experience and navigation. And I've had um, experience with a client with that very problem where, you know, you look at this search data and you're like, why are they searching for this term when it's to us, that should be very clear to them how to find that information. It kind of triggers this whole domino effect of not only what types of content does your audience need, but again, are they finding it um, in the way that they should be able to find it on your site? There's also some pretty cool tools out there, you know, to serve as some brainstorming tools to help you kind of create the types of content that people are looking for. There's this site called Answer the Public, and it's just Basically, you can type in any topic and it really and it just kind of spits out the types of questions the general public is asking about that topic. So it wouldn't necessarily be a tool that you might use to, you know, diligently plan out your editorial calendar. But it's just kind of a jumping off point to start thinking about, like, as a whole, what are the you know burning questions around these topics that people are really looking for? And it can kind of help you customize and kind of navigate that for your own specific audience related to your brand. And I think another important thing that you always obviously need to think about in any business is what your competitors are doing, right? To inform what you should be doing to set yourself apart from them. So if you're looking at your competitors in a space and you're seeing how their audience, which is presumably partly, you know, an audience that you want to capture, what are they getting from that competitor? What are they engaged in? What types of content are they reacting to? And don't replicate it, but think about how you, your brand can also satisfy that need and take similar topics and make it your own. You know, any of us in any kind of business situation or marketing situation, it's always an important step to kind of look at what the competition is doing and, and make sure we, you know, we understand if there's a segment of an audience that we can capture, um, how can we do it differently? Yeah, I think that's a great point to make about the you have to find your your niche when it comes to what they're doing rather than replication. Some some easy ways of doing that is, you know, looking at topics and looking at from a viewpoint of do you have a unique case study, you know, unique to your business um, or your organization that you could publish on a similar topic? Um, that's something that that no one else would have. Do you have subject matter experts on staff that would be able to speak to a topic in a way that nobody else can. Presumably, if you've created a, a sort of content brand for your organization, you've got a strong voice and tone that you have in your content. That might be your unique angle as well, just sort of the, the way in which you approach a topic with that sort of voice and tone spin to it. I think another tactic for better understanding what our audiences are looking for is by leveraging the research that's available around content types, content topics as it, as it relates to our audience. Janet, what have you seen in that space? Research today is definitely pointing to the fact that we're increasingly engaged with our smartphones. We're on our devices. This means that visual content is much more in demand and visual content, and by that I mean videos, uh, stuff that you see on social media, images, 
it tends to be the type of content that we consume more thoroughly than, say, text or written content, which people tend to skim when they get busy. So while it's important to have a good mix of videos, news articles, research, online classes, long-form content, you know the drill. There's so many different types of content. Having a variety of different types of content is very important. It's so important how people engage with your content at various different times of day and at various different times of their lives when they may have just an extra moment, say doing a Zoom meeting between coming off that meeting and walking their dog or picking up their kid. So what can you consume in that one little minute, right? Maybe it's just a short video. So you always want to be thinking in terms of not just where your audience is, but what type of content they're able to consume in the various different channels that are available. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, research is certainly an area that we can uh, lean on to determine what our audience is looking for. And, you know, all of these ideas we've, we've given are, are wonderful. There's one area that we haven't talked about that's just sort of like a um, tried and true, traditional, simple way. You just ask them. I mean, they're, they're your audience. Ask them what they want, right? For years, organizations have conducted things like reader surveys, focus groups, that kind of person-to-person interaction with with their audiences to, to figure out what's working and what's not, what they're missing. When it comes to content, those are two really valuable um, sort of old school tools that are still helpful today. I think with either of those options, with a reader survey or a focus group, I think that the, one of the important keys to keep in mind is that rather than just straight open-ended questions, you know, giving giving your audience something to react to, topics to react to, designs to react to, um, visual elements to react to, I think that's an important step. And, and the other thing I would note is, you know, when it comes to something like a focus group, clearly right now, your, your traditional in-person focus groups probably aren't happening with, with COVID and everything. It's, it's something that like we're doing now with a a zoom conference, it's something that can be done even in the current situation that we're in. I think it's a little, can be a little trickier, but it, it still very much works. I think another non-tech way of, of involving um, more feedback from your audience into what you're producing and what you're, you're creating is by weaving your customer-facing team members into your content planning. So they have, you know, obviously have a close eye and close ear to what your customers need or want or are asking for. If you're an association or a professional organization, you might look to your um, customer-facing team members like customer service business development, sales, those people that just have that direct line to your customers, to your audience. They have conversations with these people all the time. You know, what are their customers' biggest pain points? What are they concerned about the most? What are they concerned about for the coming year? I would even go so far as to say involve those people in sort of an editorial board of sorts where their input via customers, your audience, can be weaved into your content from the very beginning stages of planning. You know, I think we've all... We all know the most important thing to consider when you're developing content for whatever audience it is that you're developing it for. We know that this is an iterative process, right? Like we're not going to get it right all the time and not everything we do is going to stick and that's okay. I think it's just understanding that you're going to create some really successful content and, and you might create some duds and it's a matter of 
analyzing your results, looking at what worked and what didn't and making adjustments on the fly as you go. All that you can do to, to get out of those ruts of just churning out content after content and taking a step back and, and figuring out what's working and what's not and adjusting accordingly. That's the, the key to being a successful um, content producer. Very true. Let's go back to the analogy that we started with at the beginning of this podcast with content marketing and content creation being an art and a science. I believe it's truly a little bit of both. The science is in terms of the more technical things, measuring and testing and going back and seeing if you can replicate the results or even get better results. And then the art, the more artistic side of things, the creativity, what Kara touched upon in terms of asking your audience questions, searching for the ideas through social and comments, looking at different types of research and seeing how those ideas might apply to your audience. That's more of the art and creative side of things. So bringing them to both together, hopefully will help you along this journey to creating what your audience wants. So to build on that too, is to also know when you have the masterpiece, you don't need to keep finding the next one. If you have that content that really serves your audience and you posted it on social media, you know, six months ago and it did really well, it's okay to promote it again. It's okay to have that evergreen, really useful content that you rely on for your audience time and time again. So as long as it's you know, always factual and up to date or whatever your business requires to make sure that you have that mix, Janet, as you talked about earlier, that mix of content, not only in type, but in purpose, right? Like you want to have those evergreen, really tried and true pieces of content that always work for your audience. In addition to looking for that wow factor, new piece of content, that's going to grab that new segment. Um, but just kind of knowing that it's okay to always rely on those those really important evergreen pieces of content that are kind of the bread and butter of your content base. And I think that may be a topic we we consider for another podcast, high-performing content pieces and what more can you do with those pieces and how can you promote them in new ways. Janet and Kara, thank you so much for joining me today. Great to be here. Bye. Be sure to join us next month for another episode of The Content Studio. 